You're going to pay for what you did. Oh, Big forgiveness, and then you pay. Clue, you freak. Beg my wife's forgiveness before I blow your brains out. Leonard, you don't know what's going on. You don't even know my name. Teddy. That's because you read it off a fucking picture. You don't know who you are. I'm Leonard Shelby. I'm from San Francisco. That's who you were. That's not what you become. Shut your mouth. You want to know, Lenny? Come on. Come on, let's go down to the basement. Young, take up, put that on. Pull up, wait, life straight. Pull up, wait, ice skate. Pull up, wait, crime paint. Pull up, wait, slap, slap. 20 cars, matte black, surfing at a wrist car, 10 to pink toes. Welcome back to the What's Up Mate podcast. It is episode six. Been a while since episode five. You know, we're busy guys. We got a lot going on, but want to thank everybody for tuning back in. What's up, so, mate? Well, bro, what's up, mate? Talk to me. What's up, mate? Yeah, it's good to be back. It has been it a little is. bit, but we're, we're busy guys, as you said. Um, yeah, what's up with me? Uh, I was back in the homeland for about 10 days, got Damn. back this past Sunday, but I didn't get to spend a ton of time with my family back over the holidays when I was home, so um, found a cheap flight, and uh, yeah, kind of just laid in Cincy. I'm able to work from home, so that's nice, um, Yeah, but yeah, back in the holidays, it's like my entire family got COVID, basically, so. And then I kind of left pretty early to go on a trip, but um, yeah, it was nice hanging out with my parents. Missed them. Shout out Mary and Tim. What's up, me? <laughs> What's up, me to Mister and Mrs. Egan? Um, and then it's always nice. I have a sister that lives in Cincinnati with her almost two year old. So nice. what's up? What's up, mate? To Charlie, um, <laughs> it was, Uncle Will. It was awesome hanging out with him, uh, the little man. He's definitely. Getting a lot more, uh, <clears throat> more toddler-like versus a uh, like a full br- like grown a baby. Baby, so yeah. he's like very interactive. Spilled a beer on him at a brewery. <laughs> um, he wasn't too happy about that. Was he crying? But, yeah, and I I only had like two beers, but I was like trying to grab a crayon for him because he was drawn, <laughs> and then I literally just like punched. The beer. <laughs> Damn, bro! Um, was your was your sister a little bit salty? Not really. I mean, he he just like got upset for ten seconds. Then he like got focused on something else. Yeah, he snapped um, out of it. But yeah, was able to just hang out with them a lot, uh, catch up, and then I was able to go up to Columbus. Yeah, for a that. night with Quinn, um, which was fun. Was able to see a bunch of people. Hung out like Soupy, our uh, previous guest. Shout out. What's up, mate? To Jack Campbell. What's up, hey, brother Sue? Um, good seeing him. He was uh it was like his birthday around the time. Yeah. I forget when it was, but his birthday was, was like last 
It was like a week ago today, I think, or a week ago tomorrow. Mm. So he was having a day as usual, but yeah. a little more of a day because he was celebrating his birthday. But good to see him. Went to some short North bars, also with our friend Hayden. Um, yeah. Uh, kind of a half-ass what's up mate to Hayden. Like a what's up, not what's up yeah. mate. He doesn't deserve a what's up mate. <laughs> but... Yeah, it was good. Like always, back. Good to be back in CEO. That was my first time being back there since graduation. Graduation. So, damn. Did you not go weird. to a? Uh, you didn't go to any football games this year. <clears throat> no, because I forget who I was talking to us about, but like the Oregon game, right? That was like in September. Yeah. I was still like I hadn't gone to Austin yet, but um, I was in Chicago actually. Oh yeah. So, did like, you watch that game with Yeah. I hung out with Lou and Sheree yeah. uh, and um, some of our Chicagoland friends. But, yeah, I was a little salty that I missed that because I know a bunch of people went and um, never was able to go back for a game. But there are plenty to come. Yeah, yeah. I'm- Quick shout-out to an RIP to our, our brother, Dwayne Haskins. Seriously, um, bro. So sad. Can't really yeah. believe it. Um, but it's just been unreal seeing all of his – all these like memorials and yeah, highlights of them. It's it's been great seeing all the shit around campus that they're doing uh-huh. and how they're memorializing him and everything. But it's just really, really a sad, tragic thing to happen. Yeah, honestly, like, dude, he was only one year older than us. <clears throat> I know it's so fucked. Like, I went, I was like down in Clifton at some of my buddies, and we woke up the next morning and like. Uh, this kid Tyler was like, "Yeah, Dwayne Haskins just died." I was like, "What are you fucking talking?" About? Yeah, like it didn't. I like, didn't believe him for like a while, and then he showed me a tweet from Adam Schefter. I was like, "Wow." Um, Dude, Schefter was on some fuck shit with that tweet. Did you see that? His first not tweet really. that he sent out. What did he say? He was like, "Dwayne Haskins, like for- former Ohio State star quarterback Dwayne Haskins, who struggled to make it in the NFL, has passed away, or something like that." It's like, why the fuck did you don't he... even? Yeah, you don't have to bring any of that up. Yeah, bro. Just say like, and uh, Cardell Jones responded to the tweet, and he was like, instead of saying this next time, you should have tried like, father, husband, Buckeye, yeah. legend, Dwayne Haskins has passed away, as opposed to. We don't need to take a shot at his his talent. Yeah, bro. Like, and he was still on an NFL roster. Like, I don't know why. He felt the need to say that, but it's whatever. And I'm I'm still shocked that it happened at all, bro. It just shows that life is short and you got to live the way you want to be because it can be taken away at any moment, you know? Yeah, honestly, no day is promised. Uh, We're lucky to be where we're at with the people that we are with. Um, Yeah, no doubt. And so – yeah, definitely kind of puts things into perspective and makes me lucky to have, like, uh, a platform to shoot the shit and say what's yeah. up, mate, with my boy here. Yeah, um, I totally agree. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, I mean, that's about it. Like, I, nothing, like, too insane happened. Like, when I was in Sebas, kind of just, like... Running around. Running around to Pine House. Uh, went over to... Katie and Whitaker, Katie and Muggy's place, dicked around there. In uh, Grandview. Um, yeah. Somehow I ended up at Jack McGrath's apartment that was. <laughs> B-Man. Uh, 
that was odd. Like, I don't yeah. just, like, forget why we went there. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> I just kind of, like, remembered. I was like, why are we here again? Yeah. <laughs> like, just seemed like we were in, like, a basement. Nevertheless, it was fun being up there. Got yeah. to see Quinn. Um, didn't get to see our, our friend Pete, but. Damn. Um, that's right. He was he was with me in spirit, and I'm sure. He, he's he, always with us in spirit. Yeah. Big old what's up, mate, to huge huge fan of the pod. We'll have him on soon, but Pete Rumkey, everybody. Yeah, but last thing I'll say about, dude, the Cincinnati weather is just always fucking amazing to me. Like, like I got how, there. How variable it is. Yeah, like, I think the, the Thursday and Friday I was there, um, it was, like, sleeting, and I was, like, working in my dining room, and it just started to full on hail and I was like, whoa, that came out of nowhere. And then Saturday yeah. and Sunday were like six, 65, 70 degrees and sunny. Yeah. Um, so it never ceases to amaze me. Definitely loved being back, missed home, but I, I'm glad to be back here in, uh, in Austin. It got up to like 95 degrees today. Whoa, sure. dude. Um, so it's definitely getting to the summer weather. Uh, which, dude, are you nervous for that at all? Because ninety five, yeah, really no, cool. I'm, like, bro, I'm scared as fuck. Because like, yeah, there's a bunch of pools, and like on Saturday, I probably just went on being in a pool for like all day. Yeah, um, which is sick. Yeah, so it's nice. Like, but come July, I feel like I won't be outside unless I'm in water. Um, yeah, I mean, dude, ninety five at in this time, in like, yeah. that's. It's, it'll it'll be in the hundreds like consistently, you think? Probably. Damn. Like, <laughs> like maybe nine mid nineties, but with the humidity, it'll feel like one or two. Damn. Uh, it's just pretty rough. So ladies are gonna be looking at my swamp ass pretty regularly. <laughs> and, uh, Dude, they're gonna be looking at your killer body. They're gonna be all over you, bro. Yeah, just you're gonna have to fend them off. We'll see. It is gonna be interesting to see the summer dynamic because, like, always out by the water, yeah. and like, haven't really been able to mingle too much with people in my building because, like, it's been quote unquote chilly in Texas. <laughs> like, nobody's yeah. been around by the pools or, um, like, walk around out and about. So, I'm excited just to like meet more people i met more people in my building one off having like conversation like met them at a bar or something oh like, really? oh, oh where do you live i'd be like oh like in riverside I'd like me too where Bell lake shore like, oh me too <laughs> yeah, that's kind of crazy yeah um but yeah things are things are good excited to be back in austin um yeah what's up mate with you you've kind of had a Busy last couple weeks. You had a one of our good friend Bob in town this past weekend, right? Yeah, Bobby McGovern, Bobby, Bobby Fies, Rob. He goes by a lot of names. His newest one is actually Bobby McTahoe. Nice, Bobby Bottle <laughs> Service. Um, but yeah, dude, it was great having Bob in town because he's got a full Epic Pass. Yeah. So he can ski any epic mountain for free. 
and I work on one at Heavenly, so he's been trying to come out. And lucky enough, he came back. He came out last weekend, and the mountain actually closed on Sunday, so he was able to squeeze it in, which is nice. Yeah, it's great timing. Also, I know you mentioned it wasn't like the best snow, but he still was able to get on the mountain. Right? Yeah, so how it's been is just like in the mornings every day. It's really nice because it's super cold overnight and that's mm. when they groom the snow and it kind of half freezes. Like it's, it goes from slush during the day or at least recently slush during the day and then back to like snow at night when it's groomed. So in the yeah. morning, it's really fun. You can cut out, uh, cut it up a bit, but then usually by noon it's too hot and slushy because the last few weeks in Tahoe has been like in the sixties. So that's obviously horrible for, snow conditions yeah. you know yeah so, so are the, you are you kind of just like screwing around by the lift and like people are assuming you're wearing like a thin sweatshirt on the mountain if they're skiing yeah right. i mean I, i'll like wear a coat and then a sweatshirt and a polo shirt and i'll have my polo shirt over my sweatshirt yeah but then when it gets too hot i'll just take the sweatshirt off and wear the polo and i've been ripping that the last few weeks but I'm actually done working on the mountain, which is crazy. Like it's Yeah, can you believe it like went by that fast? It went by so fast, <laughs> but like when you think about it, it's like all right, it's mid April. We were open from mid December to mid April, which is like a I was yeah. going to work five days a week during that time and it was right. it was a blast, but like it was crazy that it's just already over. Yeah, and like the fact that I don't know, you had like your schedule, but at the same time I feel like you did a lot besides like you were able to meet so many people and like you went on a decent amount of trips. I feel like. Yeah, no, you're, you're right about that. I mean, the only trip that I went on for real was I went to Washington, like <laughs> central Washington and those mountains up there in the Cascades to ride around. But I mean, it's, I live in a vacation town, you know? So yeah. if I want to, every, every night could be a vacation. Every day is a vacation. Yeah. yeah. So so yeah, it's I had a ton of fun this year, and I met so many awesome, amazing people, and a lot of them I'm going to be working with again next year because I think I am going to work on the mountain again. So I'm pretty excited for yeah. that. I just I just can't believe it's already over, you know. Yeah, but so you're not leaving anytime soon. I mean, you're you're going to be there for the summer again. You want to tell tell the people what you got lined up for the summer because it sounds like just as much of an unreal gig as uh, working on the mountain. Yeah, I, I, I'm i pretty lucky. I was hired on by a company out there called Clearly Tahoe, and I'm going to be leading kayaking tour guides, or like I'm going to be a kayak tour guide leading tours mm -hmm. out. So people that are coming from out of town or even if they're familiar with the area, I'm going to be paddling out with them on the lake and a river that flows out from the lake. Just kind of tell them a little about the lake and about history of it if they have any questions they'll ask me stuff but yeah i got hired a few weeks ago and i'm gonna be i'm away from tahoe right now i'm in chicago but when i get back i'm gonna start my training and everything and hopefully be leading tours by early uh early may so i, I yeah. am very excited about That's that exciting yeah because i mean the the mountains obviously very popular to ski on but the the lake is kind of just as popular in the summer with 
with tourists and stuff, would you say? Yeah, I'd definitely say so. I mean, the the way that I was told about it is like when you think about it, not everyone can get behind going up on a mountain in the cold and like riding around doing skiing and snowboarding where you could get potentially hurt. Right. But like who's not down to go out on a boat and get yeah. drunk on the water? You know? Right, yeah. And uh yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. Um yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty excited about that, and my roommates that I'm going to be living with will work in a marina, and they get free boat rentals, so hopefully, oh. I'll, be, hopefully I'll have access to free kayaking and boat rentals on a lake, which would be yeah. pretty awesome. Is all the per- yeah, so is your schedule going to be like kind of the same, like working five days a week with two days off? Yeah, probably. I mean, I haven't yeah. started yet, so I don't yeah. officially know, but that's what I'm going to try to do, and then... There are certain tours, there's like sunset tours and eco tours and nightly tours where it's, and that stuff is all in the evening. Yeah. And I'm not sure if I'm going to do that or different kinds of tours. So hopefully I'd, I'd work like during the day and not have to work at night, but we'll have to see. Yeah. Either way, it sounds like you're going to be able to meet like a lot of cool people and then obviously have your, your friends that you've already met. Um, yeah, yeah, because a lot of those people that I hung out with that worked at Heavenly are working in Tahoe again, just maybe not with me. I'm actually the only person that I know that's working at Clearly, but mm-hmm. hey, I was I didn't know anyone when I signed up at Heavenly and I found those yeah. folks, so I'm sure that it'll be all good when I transfer over to Clearly for the summer. Yeah, for sure. I need to make a trip out there. In probably like July, I'm shooting for, um, but maybe uh, dick around on one of those boats or kayaks. <laughs> yeah, dude, you know you're always welcome. Whenever you can make it out would be awesome. Yeah, for sure. Um, tell me about, like, so you're in Chicago just visiting Lou, but uh, you're kind of there for a reason, right? Because you got another big week ahead of you. Yeah, so me and the fam are headed off to Ireland going across the pond, see my see my sister who's studying abroad there right now. So um, never been to Ireland. I've been to Europe before when I actually did a little studying at Ohio State, but I haven't been to Europe since college. And then I'm going to see my sister, which will be awesome. I haven't seen her in a long time. Yeah. And then also just going to a new country. It should be really exciting. Yeah, drinking so much beer. Guinness, uh, bro. The Guinnesses yeah. are fucked. I've heard they taste like even more insane there. Like I, it's noticeably different. They're better. Yeah, just because they're so fresh. Hey, I'm down. Um, I mean, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not a huge Guinness drinker as it is, but yeah, me. they're kind of tough to like put down. They're heavy, bro. They're heavy yeah. as fuck. Like if you drink a few, I feel like I would throw up. Yeah, you just feel like you'd have so much foam inside you. Yeah, but. Regardless, yeah, Ireland, haven't heard a bad thing about it. And, like, we were talking the other day about the, the cliffs of Moore. Right? Yeah, I think they're pronounced Moore. But, yeah, we'll, we'll be there. That's on the countryside a little bit because we're flying into <laughs> Dublin because that's kind of the only place. Right. That's the best place to fly into. But we're going to do stuff in the countryside, stuff in the city. So it should be pretty exciting. Yeah, it'll be good to see, see the runs too, I'm sure. Yeah, we're me and Louie are linking up with them at the Atlanta airport on Friday. 
mm-hmm. and then flying from Atlanta to Dublin. So that'll be that's going to be a full day of travel because it's like two hours from here to Atlanta and then eight from Atlanta to Dublin. Yeah. So. Full day of travel, plenty of time to, to watch some movies, though. Yeah. yeah. Wish that I could say what's up to my mates, but I'm going to have to probably stick with movies. Yeah. So, yeah, folks, unfortunately, we might not have an episode out for a week <laughs> after this. People want it, bro, and we, we got to give it to them. Yeah. It's been hard. We got shit going on, folks, but we, we love you guys. We're glad you guys are sticking around. I um, feel like that's, that might be a good segue into the the film that we're talking about today. Um, so last last episode, we, we did a film by our boy Christopher Nolan, and we thought it was appropriate to to speak on his, his first feature film called Memento, but... I personally hadn't seen it before. I was pretty excited to to watch it. Uh, it was definitely did not disappoint. A classic Nolan film. Uh, yeah, with a lot for sure. Of, a lot of theme. A lot of uh, just just symbol symbolism. Is what I'm looking for. But yeah, what did you think? So you had you had seen it when a while back, and um, did it kind of all come back to you, or did you kind of forget a decent amount of stuff? I'd say I'd say I would I forgot a lot about it honestly. I'm so I watched it senior year of high school. So this was like fall of 2016. So this is what like five and a half years ago, four and a half years ago, something like that. So I had forgotten a lot about it because I watched it in, in a class. So right. it's broken up into a couple of days in the classroom, and the way that it's set up. Uh, for those folks out there that aren't familiar, it's set up non-linearly. So the action that happens throughout the movie has a lot of time, time jumps and skips around. And there's kind of two storylines going on at the same time. And I think that that's like, that showed no one's potential more than anything, I think, because when he first made this movie, he was like kind of an up and coming guy you know, didn't really have a lot to his name yet. Like you said, it was one of his first ever movies. So he didn't even have his own production t- crew or mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. You know, when he releases his movies under now, he used yeah. another one for this movie. So it's it's pretty great to see how kind of groundbreaking he was, even as a young filmmaker, you know, it's came out in 2000 and, I feel like a lot of people didn't really know his name until Not at all, Dark dude. Knight stuff happened, you know, and yeah, all that. So that kind of the Dark Knight kind of projected him forward, but you can see his talent that he had and the different skills that he could show off with this movie. And he, you can see he's had him for a while. I think. Yeah, it was it was cool to see a classic Nolan film, and it was the first time that he was able to like portray his his art and his style but as you said we've after watching this film we've seen it all along which yeah. is really pretty cool but uh yeah it was released in 2000 it uh was based on a short story actually written by his brother Jonathan yeah i didn't know that until i was it says yeah. that in the opening credits but i didn't know that yeah i there was there's a huge story behind the two brothers like i knew that they kind of did some collaboration on a lot, but like 
Jonathan Nolan like collaborated on Batman Begins and the Dark Knight screenplay as well, uh, and I think is is credited with a a writing uh, credit. As, or so for the Prestige, Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises, he's credited for screenplay, screenplay, and then he is credited with as a writer for Interstellar. But yeah, he like Christopher definitely takes more of the fame because he. He kind of just I mean, puts he, in more work, but yeah, he writes and directs it. You know, it's Jonathan just, is is just like is very much part of the team, um, which I really wasn't aware of. But it's kind of cool that they they work together as as brothers and kind of collaborate on these projects. Yeah, I I hadn't known that either. I when I first was watching the movie and it said Jonathan Nolan, I was like, oh, maybe that's his dad or something. You know, I never knew it was his brother. Yeah, and it, I guess Memento was nominated for. An Oscar for best original screenplay. <laughs> yeah, so right. so pretty nice accolades from the very beginning. Yeah, definitely. Um, speaking of the Oscar, you want to talk about Will Smith a little bit? Yeah, we can just do a little quick, um, quick thing, bro. I don't. I remember I texted you about it that night. Yeah, I was with Norton. We were like watching March Madness and. Goes, that's what we, that's exactly what I was doing. He goes, dude, Will Smith just punched Chris Rock. I was like, shut up. <laughs> what do you mean? And then slowly <clears throat> I checked Twitter and like all these clips came out and there was the big debacle of is it real or fake? But yeah, I was about to ask, did you think that it was real or fake when you first saw it? I thought it was fake for sure at first, dude. Like, yeah. Just with the like the entire situation and how he disrupted the entire Academy Awards and show um, and how he was literally just cursing at Chris Rock. I thought that that's made it what made it more real. Like, and I, I had this discussion because like, I think that him swearing, like if they wanted to like, if they wanted to make it fake or whatever, and as a joke, I feel like they could have easily just been like, keep my wife, keep my wife's name out your mouth. And like, they would know about it and be fine. It'd be a joke, but like him saying like, keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. Like that was just yeah. a little bit too intense for me. to. It was a G.I. Jane joke. Yeah. yeah. And, he, and Chris Rock was literally, I will like, just. I'm going to. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, no, it got real hot real quick. Uh, when he started yelling across the entire, uh, ballroom but yeah just what a fucking like entire situation like he's banned for 10 years right and um all the all the memes that came out about uh jada were pretty funny yeah i didn't i didn't hear about him getting um he like is banned from the academy for 10 years so he can't do you think he can be nominated for shit i I don't know i mean i don't know like like he can definitely still act, obviously, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just don't think he's eligible to to receive an Oscar um, here. Uh, the board for a period of ten years will Mr. Smith shall not be permitted to attend any academy events or programs in person, virtually. 
Um, let's see. I don't know if it says like. Oh wait. It says he can still be non nominated. Yeah. But I feel like he's gonna he's got to take a couple of years off, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> I acting. don't know. Well, dude, the crazy thing is, is that he won the damn Oscar for Best Actor <laughs> a little bit later. Yeah, that was just very. And then he starts crying in the fucking speech and everything. You're like, what the hell is going yeah, on? Yeah, just just making all these references. He's like, I protect the people I love. Yeah. Like, just, just straight up calling out what he did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it was definitely not the way to handle it. Like it was a pretty harmless joke. I thought. Yeah. It's Hollywood. Like there are all these types of jokes are made all the time. And um, yeah, I feel like. I feel like Jada was also like pretty pissed about it, and that's why I did it. Like I think that, yeah, if she wasn't so upset, he probably wouldn't have done it because he was laughing originally. I don't know if you saw yeah. that. No, yeah, he was geeked out, and then Jada just like shakes her head. Yeah, and, and, then, then, and then Will Smith like stands up. And yeah, up. yeah. So she, she probably got in his his ear like, "You're really gonna let him talk to me like that?" And he was like, "Oh hell no." Nah. Yeah, because I guess they they have like an open relationship and I was I forget what I read or I was listening to but people were saying that the only reason he got up and punched Chris Rock is so he could get laid that night what because if not he would have Jada would have gone and slept with someone else oh. <laughs> so he had to he had uh, to show his like make his point that could be a joke that's rooted in truth yeah I think I heard it on part of my take like PFT was like, yeah, uh, Will Smith is getting late, like late sore. Probably the best sex <laughs> of his life tonight. Um, because if not, probably he would have been. He'd been in the straight doghouse. Yeah, exactly. So that's another theory, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and we can we can have a a little more discussion on Oscars in general in a later episode. But let's get back to the task at hand. Rip out yeah. some notes we got on Memento. So um, I can talk a little bit about the format. Sure. And yeah. um, so, like I said earlier, the movie is nonlinear. So there's action going on at the same time as another like plot line, I guess you could say. So there's action that's going on in color and then action that's going on in black and white. And my understanding of it, Will, was that they were kind of meeting in the middle in like what in terms of what actually happened, the actions are meeting in the middle, but they're shown at the same time. Like one of one of the things that I showed you was that diagram I saw online. Yeah. We can put this on our Instagram as well, but that bottom part where it says story start. Yeah, so what do you mean by, like, meeting, like, I get, they're going kind of in reverse, right? Or, like, this yeah. the entire plot line is in reverse, so, like, do yeah. you mean that? So, like, the the action, like, the first thing happens, yeah, and then in real life, but then the next, th- the next scene that they show that's in black and white is the last thing that happens. Okay, yeah. No, and then I think ever since then they're just like every scene that's in color getting, is going forward and every scene that's in or every scene that's in 
black and white is going forward and everything that's in color is the events happening yeah. in reverse, like backwards. Right. I don't know if I picked up on that right away. Or like, cause I, I just always yeah. thought that the black and white parts were just Separate. a monologue, like a monologue. Like they were just yeah. like kind of trying to help you understand what was going on in the color, which they were in a sense, but yeah, I didn't realize that they were kind of connected, uh, like in a timely manner, but, um, <coughs> Just right off the bat, you could tell that it was going to be a pretty intense film because for sure the first scene he like is standing over a dead body with a gun in his hand, and then uh, pretty quickly, at least when you can see the color, the color scenes, you can tell that it's in reverse order because uh, the like each, lap, each new scene would pick up, yeah, like right one. there. Um, yeah. so it definitely helped, which, which definitely and i think that that aspect really helped the audience yeah like having even that like three or four second clip of something that you've already seen as the start mm-hmm. of an a scene and then the scene after that it's the ending of that scene yeah it's just, yeah it's, it's crazy dude so, it's hard to explain dude it's hard, it's to, talk hard to explain and like we were talking about how like this is typical nolan but it seems like he he's obviously started off very hot with like yeah. his, his movies that confuse the fuck out of his viewers yeah um, but it's it was it was interesting and kind of fun trying to dissect it and just um like i i definitely had to pause the movie like a decent amount of times just to or like rewind a little bit. Yeah. Like, well, I don't remember what's going on right now. Um, but for for it being a short story and him being able to adapt it, it was pretty impressive. And being able to like add all these different elements. Yeah, because I believe in the short story that his brother wrote, there were two two like storylines happening at the same time. Kind of not that it's a different story. But uh-huh. it's um, just like things going on at the same time. The main character in the short story had that same, uh, I don't know, dis- it's not a disease. It's like a disorder almost, the anterograde amnesia. But and that and the main character, that guy, he would tattoo himself to remember things and yeah. His wife got attacked by a guy and he's trying to hunt that person in the short story as well. So there are a lot of, there are definitely a lot of similarities, but it did seem like from what I've read about the short story that it's not like an exact word for word adaptation, but it's like based on it, but not word for word. Yeah. And I'm sure Jonathan, the writer was fully involved in in the, directing of the movie yeah yeah i'm sure all the different stuff but uh i don't know so one other thing like one off like i had never have you seen this actor in anything else i don't guy pierce oh yeah he's like a i think he was a guy that was really big in the 90s i know that it's not a movie that i've seen but it's a movie that i want to he's in uh la confidential okay yeah i haven't seen that either it's I think that we were, we were thinking about it with Spacey yeah. and Russell Crowe. I, I was thinking about trying to watch that on the thing at one point, but 
Mm-hmm. He's also in the Hurt Locker. Okay. Yeah, I've seen that. I didn't realize that was him, though. Yeah, he might not have had, like, a huge role or anything, but I think that in the early 2000s and the 90s, kind of, this came out in 2000, I think that that's when he was a little bit bigger and was starring in Hollywood movies and stuff. He, So this guy, Guy Pierce, was also in The King's Speech. Oh, wow. Which was a huge one. Yeah. I'm looking through his Abbey right now. I'm DB right now. Rules of Engagement. Have you heard of that? Isn't Samuel L. Jackson in that? I think so. I think I've maybe started it, but I haven't fully watched it. But um, clearly a bigger actor than I'd realized. This maybe was one of his, and maybe not one of his first. But uh, I I thought he looked a lot like Brad Pitt. Yeah. Yeah, because he's uh, got like the strong jaw and he was yeah. kind of thin. Their um, facial structures were definitely similar. Yeah. And like, I don't know, just kind of some of their mannerisms. But he, it's just interesting how he portrays himself and he like a, has lived with this condition for he doesn't really know how long, which, yeah. is, a, which is a big part of kind of the overall storyline. And he doesn't know how long ago he his wife was uh, supposedly killed and raped. Um, yeah. But how he like approaches every situation like proactively, even though he has um, this condition, but like he yeah. carries around all these, all these pictures to help him remember new clues and how he kind of, when he meets new people, he asks, I've told you this before, haven't I? Haven't I? You're like, um, yeah, like I, I might have told you about my condition. I guess yeah. that kind of. And stuff. they're like, "Yeah, you've told me eighteen times." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, dog. I know you got the condition. Yeah, like the the hotel motel. Yeah, like, that's exactly what funny. I was thinking of. It is pretty funny. Um, He's like, "Only you've only told me that every time I see you." Yeah, when you get locked out of your room every like other when, day. Yeah, when you forget what room you live in. Yeah. Um, I don't know any other, like, I guess we can kind of, it's hard to like describe the actual storyline because yeah, it's, it's so hard to put together. Like we, we could like, well, what, what were some of the parts that were particularly confusing for you? Cause I was kind of, um, I was pretty confused by. The female character, Natalie. Natalie, yeah. So she was, so we can kind of, a segue into this conversation is like, for me at least, I had a really hard time trusting the people that were around Leonard, Mm -hmm. the guy Pierce, the main character. Yeah. Because I think that it was mainly because he didn't really know what was going on. So then the audience didn't really know what was going on. And we obviously sympathize with the protagonist. We want him to find whoever killed his wife and get, get his revenge. But then just the way that the storyline jumps at first, I was like trusting of Natalie. And then she had that scene where she was like, like I could beat the shit out of you or whatever. Or like I could, yeah, where she went off on him. Yeah. Well, but, but the crazy thing was though, the scene before that, what actually happened, you don't see until later. It was like 
he was the one that hit her because she was like calling him a retard and yeah. saying that like <laughs> he didn't know anything and then, like he slapped her and then she comes back inside and redoes a scene that you've already seen of her being like, yeah. what do you think happened? Like, dad, so when, but dad beat the shit out of me. When they slept together or like when they were in the bed together, was that after all that or before? It was bef- <laughs> after. Because like, so they just had like a little, a little feud and then I, made I, up. I think that they had hooked up a couple times. Like, I think that he they were in bed together twice. Yeah, because I'm seeing Natalie invites him, like enters the bar, gives him a beer full of spit. Yeah, I'm not seeing. Natalie invites him to stay at her place. He gets her photo. He gets angry at Natalie. Natalie enters, beaten up by Dodd. But when she was beaten up by, she said that she was beaten up by Dodd. When in reality, Guy Pierce had hit her, and then she had just gone out, sat in the car, and he was like, "Remember this, remember this, remember this." Like, try to write it down, and she's like, "You don't have a pen. You're useless without a pen." Whatever. Yeah, I think definitely too. When we met Natalie in the in the diner, that was one of the first times I realized. I definitely knew for a fact that it was in reverse because yeah. the following scene was him running up to to her house. And then she, she her giving him the Manila folder. Yeah, with like I, the license plate info. Yeah, I think that that was a good way for the audience to tell for sure that it was in reverse. Um, I liked how you said that. It's just like you, you want to trust – um, who you want to trust at the beginning, but you kind of have to second guess yourself throughout the movie. Like, uh, what's his face? Who we think the antagonist is, Teddy. Teddy, yeah. Like you, you kind of just don't like him throughout the movie because he looks like a little like little weasel guy. Yeah, doesn't he? Uh, no, yeah, definitely. He's he was just a funny addition, I thought, and a great pick for an actor, but. How he would write, like, Guy or Leonard would write on his pictures just, like, more clues about each of the people he would encounter. And yeah, the big one on the back of Teddy's was, like, don't trust his lies. Um, and he ends up writing that. And it's been on there the whole time, but you don't find out he writes that until the very end. Yeah. And, and Teddy was actually, like, a good guy. Right. But, like, I, I think the last thing he writes on it is, like, kill him. Like, he is the one. Yeah, um, he's John G. Yeah, but yeah, then as the movie progresses, we start to trust the we start to trust Leonard less, and we start to trust Teddy more. Yeah, because um, you realize that Leonard is kind of kind of a bugging. crazy guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was gonna say he's bugging. He's I mean, dude, it's hard not to like it. It's hard to. I don't want to put him in a corner and say he's bugging because it's way more than that because of his condition. But he is yeah. bugging, dude. Yeah, and like when when that entire conversation came about, and the as the viewer, you start to kind of make that realization. You couldn't believe it because 
it probably seemed so obvious throughout the entire movie, yeah. you know, like that you maybe shouldn't be trusting him, but we were so invested in what was going on trying to figure out the, the timeline of the movie that we were probably just blind to some, some signals or uh, other, other things to give us a hint at that. But um, I don't know. It's, it's definitely just hard putting it into words. Yeah. How to describe it. Um, and then, so we've kind of talked about Natalie. We've talked about Jimmy G, uh, John G, because Teddy's real name, because Teddy was undercover. Yeah. So he was, he was actually John Gamble, John G. And you and the Natalie gives him the license plate of him that says John G on. You're like, oh, it's got to be Teddy. Like Teddy's sells, yeah. whatever. But it was just a coincidence that he was John Gamble, and he wanted people to call him Teddy, and he was didn't deserve that. But another um, another yeah, I mean- character that we haven't really talked about much. That had honestly a huge role was uh, Sammy. Yeah. So how how long did it take for you to like pick up on the significance of that? Because I feel like it took me a while. It took it definitely took me a while. But did you see? I learned I knew it before the very end though when they acted. yeah because you saw saw Guy Pierce as Sammy. Yeah, or like you. It's like a little like half second clip. You know what I'm talking about? Like it's you hit- literally see him, or like figuratively? Like yeah, you, you- you, well, you see him. They're at the nursing home, and he was like, "Yeah, his wife like put him in a home, whatever." And there's like a nurse's assistant or a nurse that walks in front of the screen, and you see Sammy here. The nurse walks in front, and then when the nurse is like out of view, right here is. Is Guy guy's Pierce. face? Yeah. <laughs> no, and, I must. And, and it cuts off like right there. You can't even yeah. see it fully. It was for a it just like when he was in the when Sammy was like just in a wheelchair in the middle of the yes. entire room. Okay. Yes. I I remember that scene, but I must have just like missed the quick flash of. I rewinded uh, it. Yeah. I I rewinded it and double checked because I was like, hold up, was that fucking? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, um, I was like, is that was that Leonard? I gotta check this out. So, like, Sammy was just a story, obviously the story in his head the entire time. So, he put up Sammy. Yeah. He was and, Sammy. And then him showing, like, pricking pricking his wife with the insulin versus just, like, kind of, like, pinching her on the thigh. Yeah. At the end. Because he, he, he's like, my wife doesn't have diabetes. <laughs> yeah. And, like, and, no. And, and then it shows a clip of them, shows a clip of the... The needle, and then the next clip is like just a pinch. But then you're like, "What do I believe?" Like, yeah, I believe. Yeah, and he's like, "No, my wife doesn't have diabetes. Like, I know my wife. Like, I love my wife." But and then, then that's like, what spirals. Uh, that's what spirals him into actually killing Teddy. Yeah, um, yeah. That that just whole realization blew my mind because, and especially how how Sammy's wife kind of played that game with him, I thought was yeah. so intense. Cause with the overdose? 
She yeah, because she claimed that he was faking it the entire time. Yeah. She was like, if he truly loves me, he's not gonna let me overdose. Yeah. So he's she's like, Sammy, talk to my shot. Yeah. And then she actually overdoses and Yeah, which was pretty fucked, honestly. Yeah, I agree. Um, Um But yeah, so like all those scenes were in black and white of Sammy, so we like eventually it kind of switches to the black and white scenes from him talking on the phone to yeah. somebody and explaining a lot of his background of his his profession before he had the injury and how mm-hmm. he's like an investigator, and then it kind of transitions into more of like Sammy focused scenes. So do well, we? Well, because he's know- ta- on the phone, he's talking about. Sammy to that cop. Yeah, so is he talking to Teddy that entire time on the phone? I believe so, yeah. That's what I thought too. And it it your point earlier about how they the black and white scenes and the color scenes kind of meet. Yeah. Um at one point on one of the last scenes he's talking on the phone, he says like or he looks at one of his tattoos that was just finished, like don't Answer the phone Don't or something. The phone. Yeah. And then he's like, who the hell is this? And it uh it cuts off. So I couldn't figure out for the longest time like who he was talking to, but because most of the time the person on the other line wouldn't speak. Yeah, it was just um, him talking like So you're like, is this this guy's clearly has mental issues, is it just like talking to the bluff like release or something? But um, I thought that was kind of another hard thing to grasp. Uh one of the many things. I agree. Sorry, I'm just reading right now about the film structure, and it's just kind of confusing, you know? <laughs> yeah, and like, so where did you where did you find this uh, like infographic? I looked. It, I, I just searched it online, and there's another one that we can post on our Instagram. So, what do you think? Do you think the red, like Act Three, the red is like when you, we start to lose trust in Guy and Leonard? That's kind of when the uh, switch is flipped. Yeah, I mean, dude, honestly, I don't really. I feel like because Act Three, you're like an hour and twenty in out of hour out of an hour fifty. And I feel like I didn't even really that shit until last like twenty minutes. Yeah. Because <laughs> I just thought it was super conf- like a lot of the time it was pretty confusing. I'm trying to still recall. Not, like, not confusing, but I just didn't know who to trust. Yeah. I'm trying to still recall the the last scene in the movie, but the first scene in the story. Yeah. He wait, so we see he meets meets this cop in the lobby. Stares down at Teddy's body, is that what you're talking about? Well so that's the that's the first thing we see in the film, but the last thing that happens in the story. Correct? Yeah. So I'm trying to remember like how the movie actually ends. The movie ends by him. Driving off from that warehouse after he kills Teddy in the truck. In I forget. What, I, I think he was no. It's the last scene in the movie 
which is not the last scene that actually happened in real life. And it's when he drove off and went to the tattoo parlor and in the Jaguar in the new car and he sees and like it's like tattoo number six. Yeah. And then it was the license plate number. And then do you remember a scene that was after that when Teddy came and he was like, Yeah, I saw the Jag, like why do you like you're of course I like found you. Like you gotta be more conspicuous than that. Yeah. Dude, it's just like it's <laughs> it's so confusing, bro. There's it's hard it's hard to talk about. Yeah, I would like for anyone listening, definitely give it a watch. Like it's yeah, you'll understand our struggle trying to articulate our like Yeah. Hopefully we don't sound like right we're now. idiots and we're <laughs> like we swear it's like we swear it's a confusing movie. Like <laughs> Yeah. Um but it's like it was just fun watching it the entire time. Um, I'm trying to see what else. Like this article is pretty interesting in terms of just like theme. Um, so did you? I think I read that no one's remaking this movie too. Really? Yeah. I did not um, know that. Let's see. I think it's like in production still or pre-production. Is it going to be but, his next movie after Oppenheimer? Uh, it's the like Oppenheimer and Memento are the only the next two or the only two on his IMDb. Interesting. Um, and uh, like Oppenheimer obviously has a release date and more info about it, but Memento is um, just does not a lot of information in development. Remake of a 2000 film that's about a man suffering from short-term memory loss but trying to track down and break Are there any actors attached to it yet? No, not. Um, Who do you think would be good? I don't know. Jake Gyllenhaal, maybe? Gyllenhaal would be good. I, I say that because I this movie, for some reason, reminds me of It's that one film that he's in that's kind of like, no, it's like it's kind of similar to this, honestly, where like you can't really trust yourself. Um, let me look how it goes because I don't think I've seen it, but I know that it's hey, we might might be doing it on the pod next. It's not the following, it's uh. Not coming to your kids. Not Donnie Darko. Nah. But just how it's like whatever. you can't you can't really trust the character. Um, well, Donnie Darko is a little bit like that, where he's kind of like a crazy person. Not I think that trusting. might be what I'm thinking of. Yeah, I've, I've seen that one. I actually saw that one over this past winter. I liked it. Worth a watch. Is he like really dark in it? Yeah. Like one of his first. Uh... He and his sister are both in it, and she actually plays his sister in it, which is pretty cool. But um. That is cool. Yeah, I don't know. It was good. Not nothing crazy though. 
Yeah. Any other like last points about Memento, you think, or like just other confusing parts? Um not really. I I have made some points that I thought were worth it and noteworthy. I feel like we haven't been talking about it that long, but it's just I, I think, think it's, it's just kind of difficult. Yeah. Cause we both even said before we started recording, we were like, we have not that many, like not yeah. a lot of notes. Cause I couldn't really. I was like, just trying to figure out what, what was yeah, going on. I couldn't mainly. figure out what to put into words when I was watching it. Yeah. Um, I was and, trying to just focus on what was actually happening. Yeah. Looking back at notes is kind of difficult when there's so many time jumps as well. Yeah, I agree. Um, but in terms of like other stuff, like so you got this big Ireland trip coming up, like anything that's on your, your radar that you're looking to to watch that movie or show wise? Yeah, so I mean there's a mini series out there on HBO called Chernobyl that I know Louie has seen and I think you have seen as well, right? I have seen it, yeah. It is fantastic. Yeah, um, I hear it's intense, but it's very it's, intense. I I wanted to watch it because there it's five episodes that are an hour each, roughly, uh-huh. and it's hard to find like at least with my schedule like a time to sit down and watch them all consistently, like yeah. without especially like doing something like this. But this trip's gonna give me an opportunity, so I'd like to watch that. And then another thing that I'd like to look at is um, I bought the book. The Body by Stephen King, which is the basis for the movie Stand By Me, which is pretty yeah. famous yeah. and pretty well known. Joaquin Phoenix's brother, who unfortunately passed away young, uh, accident River River uh, River Phoenix, and um, I'd like to. I have that book with me. I'd like to read a little bit of it and watch some of it, but I told myself I wouldn't watch the movie until I read the book. So hopefully if if I have enough time, I can read it and then watch it. But Yeah, Stan is like, supposed to be like a classic. Yeah, it's like it. a – yeah, for sure. And it's not that long either. It's like an hour and hour 29 and maybe. Yeah. So I, I, I really want to watch that movie, but I feel like knowing the source material is like – if it's based on a book, <clears> I – feel like reading the book is better usually yeah for sure and it's like Stephen, it's a Stephen King Stephen King book you know it's gonna be good yeah exactly uh, or at least so, intriguing enough to finish it yeah um, so so I'd like to watch that and then like read that watch that and then watch Chernobyl as well because I mean I'm gonna have plenty of travel on the day that I get back I have 19 hours of travel on in one day alone, because I'm going from Dublin all the way back to Reno in one singular day. And that, that's a long day. Yeah, I mean that. That's only because of time changes and shit. Because right. I would be getting in. I get into Reno at like eleven o'clock at night, but yeah. Dublin time that's like seven a.m. You know, right? So like, yeah, it's a full ass day of travel. But dude, yeah, like. You want to know something about Chernobyl? I just looked it up. Yeah. It's on IMDb's top 250 TV shows. 
It's rated number five. Damn, bro. What's like our planet it's and stuff? Is that planet there? Earth is number one. Breaking Bad number two. Or, sorry, Planet Earth two is number one. Breaking Bad, Planet Earth, Band of Brothers, Chernobyl, and then The Wire. Damn. But like Sopranos is ten. Game of Thrones thirteen. So, like. I don't know. Like it's it's obviously very good. It's got a nine point three, but uh, beating Thrones is yeah. tough. Yeah, it's, they're also just very different because Chernobyl's five episodes versus Thrones is what like a hundred, like eighty maybe somewhere like there. Yeah, so it's kind of just different, but uh, very intense. Starts out very hot. That's all I'll say. Um, yeah, but it's. I honestly would recommend anyone watching it who hasn't. Um, just cause it's for all the shit that's going on with Russia and Ukraine right now. Like, yeah, that's a good point. Learn a little, learn a little history, um, which you definitely learn a lot and just how, uh, I don't want to spoil it, but like, there's a lot of political involvement, which yeah. I was not aware of. Um, I bet. Just give it a listen and, or give it a watch. And, um, yeah what about you man you got anything going on exciting in your life any i'm sure you are working a lot but anything coming down the pipeline um i not like too much i work is pretty busy but it's it's all right um i'm thinking about going to denver here in a few weeks just to kick it with with my brother and uh yeah niece and nephew maybe Maybe see a Bobby Bottle Service. Yeah, um, full service bottle service. Yeah, but I haven't I haven't been out to Denver in a while, and like, obviously love the city a lot. Uh, like I lived there a couple summers ago, and yeah, um, kind of miss it. Miss miss those my niece and nephew, and yeah. be nice to kick it with my brother and like one of my cousins who's my age is uh, moving out there this weekend, I believe. Wow. Um, so maybe see him, but um, besides that, definitely just soaking up the sun here, yeah. in, here in Austin. Trying to get some color. Uh, yeah, and then in terms of like shows and shit, I just finished the show called The Dropout. Yeah, I, I had never with, heard um, of it. It's a new show on Hulu with Amanda... Seafried, Seafried. I don't know how you say it. I think it's Seafried, but um, doesn't matter. I'm still in love with her. Yeah, doesn't matter where the last name is. <laughs> it's gonna be. She, yeah, it's it's like a six part or eight part series, but it kind of follows the um, Elizabeth Holmes scandal. So, for those of you that don't know, like back in early two thousands, this this Stanford dropout elizabeth holmes started this like biotech company called theranos and uh it kind of was groundbreaking and revolutionary because she claimed that their technology could uh off of one drop of blood test like do 100 150 different blood tests on you yeah uh, which is like revolutionary for the military for healthcare for honestly any industry cost and like ease of use so she was somehow able to collect and persuade venture capital firms and like political leaders to sit on her board and invest billions of dollars in this company and 
the entire time it's just like a fraud which yeah. is, it's still mind-blowing how she was able to get away with it but it's very interesting she's one of the most like she's one of the weirdest people i've ever seen because i never heard the real elizabeth home talk bef- before i watched the show okay and so- she like changes her voice she sounds like just as low as we're talking she like changes she her sounds, voice to sound like a dude. She sounds like a man. Yeah, like because it's like shows she wants to do it because it'll make her like dominance more present and like <laughs> just very weird. And she like talks very strangely. Um, yeah, but that's one I just finished. I'd recommend that. And then I know we were talking about that new Magic Johnson show on HBO. That yeah, winning time. Kind of finish, but that uh, I've seen like two episodes. It's pretty good so far. Just kind of interesting learning about the that era of the Lakers and yeah. Um, From what John, else? Go ahead. I was just gonna say John C. Riley's in it, which is pretty funny. I'm seeing him in like a role like that. Yeah, as opposed to Cal Naughton Jr. Yeah. <laughs> What were you saying from what you've heard about it? For, well, just from what I've heard in general about the NBA, Larry Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, that era of hoops was really what popularized the sport. And, like, mm-hmm. they were the first real superstars of the league. And now I feel like the NBA is one league in professional sports where everyone on, like, basically in the U.S. knows, like, the top three or four players, like, without a doubt. You know, yeah. like, I mean, football yeah. might be a little bit different because I feel like everybody knows Tom Brady, but like, I definitely feel, not baseball though. Like, no, not baseball, not hockey. Like, I feel like people are more likely to know who, like, I don't know, Kevin Durant and Steph yeah, Curry, Steph Curry are as opposed to like, I don't know who's like. Patrick Mahomes, maybe like I mean, if you don't follow football, if you know football, you know that him for sure. Mm-hmm. But if you don't follow football, you might not know him. But I feel like even if you don't follow basketball, you still know who Steph Curry is. Yeah, no, it's a great point. I feel like it's kind of interesting too because, like, obviously Tom Brady was in the NFL for a long ass time, but still is, bro. Yeah, Cut but like some of, the, some of the NBA players that are still just as good or if not better than when they started are still in the league versus like Pat Mahomes, Joe Burrow, these NFL QBs like mm. are pretty new. Yeah. Um, so it's like easier to, to remember and hear the names of these NFL or NBA players that I, have yeah. been around for a while. That is a good point. I didn't think about it like that, but yeah, you're right. Just like Steph Curry has been good for the last – like he's been in the league for like 12 years or something, which is crazy to think about because you wouldn't think it's been that long. Right. But he was in the league when we were like 13. Yeah. <laughs> which is wild. Um, yeah, that's about it. I mean, so in terms of like our next our, – the next kind of content we're trying to push out, um, I don't know. We've – we're trying to just do like more segmented stuff and kind of uh, just more like category type of type of conversations. So like yeah. rank ranking conversations or uh, um, like you said earlier, like doing stuff on the Oscars or like kind of stuff like that to keep keep it more uh, like moving. But 
Um, I don't know. Anything you, you want to say to the audience in terms of upcoming content that they can look forward to? Yeah, I mean, we're still going to be reviewing movies, like have certain episodes based on a certain movie. We're still going to have guests on. Uh, probably, honestly, going to be trying to do a little bit more guest stuff. And yeah, I sure. don't know. We're kind of feeling it out because it would be great to watch a movie a week and then review it. And I've been loving doing that. But sometimes it's a little bit hard, as we've noticed with our schedules, to... <clears throat> fit in the time to watch like a two hour to three hour movie and then talk about it for another hour or two hours. So yeah, uh, we're still kind of figuring it out, but just be on the lookout for new stuff we're putting out. Like I said, it might not be for another week or so cause I'm going to be out of town, but I am looking forward to what we got coming down the pipeline and, and talking to people about different things. It's, this new format should give us more opportunity and easier access for more guests. And I know that you guys like to hear that. And a lot of our listeners right now would are more than welcome to be guests. You know, uh-huh. like I said, Pete is a loyal listener. I got other people that hit me up all the time. So yeah. I'm looking forward to having those people on and talking about maybe their favorite like we could break down even a certain year in the Oscars that was juiced and then mm-hmm. think like analyze, which we think we should have won, which one shouldn't have, you know, cause there are certain movies yeah. that are certain years that have more movies than others. So, uh, yeah, I'm just, I want to thank you guys again for listening. I love talking with Will about all this stuff and we love hearing your guys' feedback as well. Right on. Yeah. Agreed. Agree with everything you said. Yeah. It's, it's, our format's very fluid still, as you guys have maybe noticed, and it will remain to be that way. But we're just going to try things out and uh, just kind of do what we, we think would work best. And don't hesitate to leave some feedback or give us feedback because we, we welcome it. Um, yeah, excited to to continue this uh, this project and uh, keep talking, saying what's up to, <laughs> to my mate. Um, yeah. Last thing I'll say right quick. For the listeners, if you guys haven't seen Batman, it's coming out on HBO Max on the 18th. So April, April 18th, tune in. Three-hour movie, but it's totally worth every minute. Yeah, um, very worth it. Be on the lookout for our Instagram. We're going to be letting you guys know when our next next uh, episode's coming out. I want to give a big old what's up, mate, to our buddy Thomas Williams. He's our 50th follower on Instagram, so really appreciate him. Appreciate everybody, (laughs) 1 through 49, but... Something special for T-Will. Yeah, (laughs) half a hundred gets a little shout-out, but um, (laughs) thanks again for tuning in, guys. And until then, say what's up to your mates. Talk about whatever you want with them, but what's important is that everybody stays in touch and live the life you want to lead. See you guys. See you later. RIP Dwayne.